0: welcome to True to the Bible podcast with Leonard Davis. Thanks for joining us for this lesson in our series, Who I Am, where we'll be studying the book of John and where we see that John is writing these things to everyone so they might believe and that in believing they might have life. In this awesome book where John presents the Messiah Jesus as God, we'll see lots of key truths and great application that we can apply to our own life. Well, thanks again for joining us. We hope that you enjoy this lesson. So turn to your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we are going to be going over a lot of verses. Um, today we're going to see some things uh, that I think are pretty cool. Uh, we're going to see Jesus talking. And again, uh, He's talking to several groups here. If you guys remember, He is in the temple and He's teaching. And there are some who believe, there are some who don't believe. And uh, we're going to see pride and lies. Okay? Not lying, but how pride and lies blind us from the truth. And Jesus makes one of his famous statements in this passage that the truth will set you free. So we're going to talk about what that, what that means. Uh, but before you get going, I need, I need a volunteer. We're going to see if this works. Okay? All right. Maren, I'll let you come. Okay? All right, just need one. Do you like being blindfolded? Yes. Oh, you do? Maybe I need somebody else. Okay, turn around. Face them. Okay, this red, we're going to say this represents the lies of the world. I'm going to try not to pull your hair. should have had a boy. Can you see? I don't have no. Okay, now put your hands behind your back. We're going to say this one represents the uh, pride or pride. Put your hands out so I can tie them. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. All right. Okay, now you have to keep your hands down. Tied together. Is
1: there? Feathers
0: are flying. Okay, there we go. All right, so can you see? All right, so this represents uh, lies or following lies, believing lies, and this represents the blue one represents pride. So I need you to spin a little bit. Spin, spin yourself. Spin, spin, spin. All right, and now when she's done spinning. Uh, she's gonna try and follow the left-hand path out of uh, this room, okay? And uh, anytime she bumps into anything, it's like she's sinning, okay? So, Marin, <laughs> you can go ahead and try, and we'll just say that I'm the devil. <laughs> Be very careful and go very slow. Oh, okay, you've already sinned. Okay, try again. Keep going. Oh, you are you some, You've sinned again. Stop sinning. Oh oh no okay. you gotta go the other way here, That's come over here. Awful. There you go. I'm helping her out. The devil wouldn't actually help her out. <laughs> All right. oh you hit again. No, don't do that Greece is acting as Reese's acting as a, as a bad friend would lead you astray. Oh, oh. Follow my voice. follow my voice. I am, I am a lie. Follow my voice. You're doing really good. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Follow my voice. Be careful. I might run into something. Oh, all right. All right. You guys should give her a round of applause. I'll let her out and see where she is. Yeah, she is. Where do you think you were? You thought you were right here? You were pretty close then. You were pretty close. All right. Good job. Give her another round of applause. All right. So, it's just, uh, just a little fun way to kind of give the example or show that uh, the world and the devil... Okay, the devil's a great liar, right? The father of lies. And he lies and our culture lies to us. And when we when we believe lies and we give in to those lies, we're blinded. And it's like we can't see where we're going. And then when we had pride, it's like our hands are tied and we can't feel things out. We can't see where we're going. They blind us to the truth. Okay, But the truth is what actually sets us free. So if you think about it, pride and lies take away our freedom. okay? Freedom from the power of sin, even possibly freedom from the penalty of sin okay? in some ways. And we'll look at that uh, as we go through. But today, Jesus talks about that. He is, last week, He is what? What did we decide last week? Or what did we see Him say last week? The most famous uh, thing He said last week. He is the light. Yeah, the light of the world. Okay? If you're blind, you're in the... To hearken in. So you see the illustration that uh, John is bringing out? Okay, You're blind, you're in the dark, but he is the light. So he's showing the way. And that light gives us visibility, illumination, which frees us from the power of sin as believers. Okay? And so today we're going to see um, one group who is free from... We can say who is free from the penalty of sin if we want to put it for lack of better words. Okay? Um, and they can be freed from the power of sin if they follow Jesus, if they uh, do what he says, if they walk in the light, okay another way to put it, if they walk in the spirit. Okay, And then there's another group, which you guys can probably uh, say who they are already based on the, what's been going on. But they, they are letting the, the lies of the world and their own pride blind them from the tr- truth about who Jesus is. They don't even believe in who he is. Okay, which he already said that back in verse twenty-four. Look at look at your Bibles with me. Hey, okay, look at verse twenty-four. Uh, look at verse twenty-three. It says and he Jesus was saying to them, "You are from below; I am from above. You are of this world; I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins." And so, there's a group that's not believing, and there's a group that's believing that he's teaching in the temple. He's talking to in the temple. So, a question of the day. Are you blind? Okay? Are you blind? And I don't, We when we say this, and we'll talk about it, but when we say this, we don't just mean are you not saved? Okay? Or are you are a are you non-believer? Because even as believers, well, let me ask you this question, and then we'll answer it later on. As a believer, can you be blinded by pride and by the lies of the devil? Okay? Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Good job. Okay? Okay? But we'll go through and we'll look at it. So, look at verse 25. This is where we're starting today. It says, "...so then they were saying to Him, Who are you?" Well, He just told them who they were, or who He was. He's the light of the world. He's from above. He is God. Uh, but they want, plain, okay? they want to make it plain. They want to make it plain. They wanted to come right out and say it, which He doesn't do until verse 58, by the way, which is next week. What I, this is Jesus in verse 25. He says, "...what I have been saying to you from the beginning..." I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And the things which I heard from him, these things I speak to the world. They did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak the things that the Father has taught me. And he who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to Him. And He spoke these things, and many believed in Him. So there are some believers here. Again, more people are believing. Verse 31, So Jesus was saying to the Jews that believed in Him, and now He turns His attention to the Jews who are actually believing uh, for a brief moment. And He says, If you continue in My Word, you are truly My disciples or disciples of Mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Alright, so first we're going to look at um, the power of sin and how it can be freed from the power of sin. What's going on in verse 25? The, the religious leaders, they first they ask, him, Jesus, who are you? Okay? And they've been trying to get this out of him. And I think, uh, you know, as I read this and as I look at it, I think they kind of like, understand what he's insinuating and what he's been insinuating when he says, I am, and when he says these things. But he hasn't said it plainly. You know, he, hasn't, he didn't just come out and say, well, I am God. Like I am the Messiah who is God, literally. Like he hasn't said it that plainly yet, and um, and so I think what they're trying to do is to get him to say that, or or get him to admit it or admit something else. So like, okay, you're you're telling us in riddles, but tell us who are you? Like who are you really? And Jesus doesn't answer, of course, um, directly here. Again, he does in verse 58 if we look at that, uh, but here he doesn't yet. He's he's still kind of going on some tangents to kind of get them to understand. And uh, in verse 25 that's when he starts. He says what I've been saying to you from the beginning. It says from the beginning I've been telling you the same thing. Okay? I have been telling you the same thing. I am the Messiah, okay? That's what he's insinuating here, but I've been telling you the same thing from the beginning. And then verse 26 is kind of uh, is kind of unique and I kind of like it. And uh, it really ties back to this whole idea that we've been looking at of Jesus came to save not to judge the first time. All right? Jesus came to like John chapter 3. And look at it says I have many things to speak and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true, and the things which I have heard from him, these things, or these I speak to the world. So what is he saying there? He's saying that he only speaks the things of the Father, or the Father that the Father told him to give, right? But does Jesus know everything? Does he know all these these people's hearts and intentions? And is he as God? Does he have the ability and the right to judge them? Absolutely. And so he says, there are many things to speak and judge concerning. He says, I can judge you. And I have plenty of things to judge about you, by the way. But, according to John 3, 17, did he come to judge or did he come to save? He came to save, right? So he says, but he who sent me is true and the things which I hear from him, these things I speak to the world. So that tells you the intention of the Father is to save the world. Right? The intention of the Father is that everyone would believe. And that's the intention of the Son because that's the intention of the Father. And so his, Jesus' intention is that all would believe. That's His desire just like it is uh, for God. And He says, I can judge you, but I'm not going to because that's not what God has told me to do right now. The Father right now has told me this message to give, that I am the Messiah and everyone who believes in Me will be saved. Okay? And so that's what He's giving. In verse 27, they don't understand that He's talking about the Father. Okay, they don't understand that. So Jesus continues on in verse 28. And he says, When you lift up the Son of Man, okay, when that, mean, that lifting up, okay, that means uh, when they like put him on the cross, when he dies, when he rises again. So when that happens, okay, then you will know that I am. And right there, that I am. Anybody want to guess what that is? Ego e me. Yeah, ego in e me, right? That's believe I am. Some of your Bibles may have he in italics. okay, But it's, you will believe that I am. Or you, sorry, not you will believe. You will know that I am. And I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things from the Father who taught me. And he who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. So he says, uh, you know, when I, when I die, when you guys lift me up, when you put me on the cross, you're going to know uh, that I am. And we don't know what all that entails, that knowledge. You're going to know that I am. Okay, I, either that he was the Messiah, that he was um, from, he says that I speak the things taught from the Father, so he knows, maybe you're going to know that um, he was from the Father. And we know that on the cross, and because of the cross, a lot more people believed in him for eternal life, right? Okay, so that could be what he's talking about here. Uh, but basically, uh, that's kind of like the, the climax of the story, right? So the the storyline started in Genesis, right? God created the world, put Adam and Eve in it, told them not to sin. They sin, and then in Genesis 3:15, what does God tell them? Not word for word, but just what does God tell Adam and Eve? Uh, that that uh, you will bring someone to crush the serpent. Today. Yeah, there's a promise that there's going to be the seed, right? And so there's this promise of a seed, and then there's this. Uh, you might say like progressive revelation about the seed, okay? We start understanding that it's going to come through Abraham and through David and, uh, or through Judah and through David and all this stuff. We start understanding where the seed is going to come from. And this seed then comes and kind of the climax of the story is him on the cross, paying for the sins of the entire world, right? And so when the Son of Man is lifted up, that's like that um, climax of the story and there's some people who believe, right? So look at verse 30. This is the only time in this narrative where he speaks directly, that I remember, that he speaks directly to believers, okay, in the crowd. And we're going to see so far, well, so far have who has talked other than Jesus in this in, the, in our flow in the past like several weeks. The Pharisees. Pharisees. Those are the only people well, Pharisees and scribes, right? Those are the only people who have talked so far. And we're going to see here, the believers don't start talking either. okay? But Jesus does talk directly to them. So he spoke these things, and many believed in him in verse 30. So he went on to say to the Jews who had believed in him. So now he's directing a statement directly uh, to these people who believed in him. What does he say? Okay? And this is, this is the freedom from the power of sin that we're going to see. He says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Okay, Now, a lot of people might say, you know, this is, this is talking about how you can truly be saved. Okay, If you're truly saved, then you're going to continue in His Word. But is that what this passage says? No. no, it is not. What does the passage say? If you continue in my Word, then you will be, or you are truly my disciples. disciples. You are disciples of mine. And who is He talking to? Believers. Believers. So why in the world would He go to a believer and say, you're going to truly be a believer? Like it already says they're believers, right? So we know they're believers. So this is talking about believers in a way that they can follow Christ, right? If you go back all the way to... Let's see, where is it? Uh, Verse 12. Okay, look back at verse 12. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, he who... Follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, same thing he's talking about right there. Okay, uh, following. Okay, this following. So I got a couple of uh, things here for you. Okay, so some of your Bibles may say abide here. If you continue my word, you're truly my disciples of mine. You'll know the truth, and truth will make you free. Um, and that word abide just means to remain and rescue. Okay, so disciple. Okay, this is a. Uh, this is a, a word that means a learner, or the one who learns from, okay? And then this word if, right at the beginning. We'll look at this all the way through here in just a second. But the word is, if, you gotta remember, it's a third-class if, okay? In Greek, there are three classes of ifs, just like there are in English, but in English, it's based on, it's based on context, and so it is in Greek, too. Uh, but we just don't understand Greek context quite as well, so we have to look at the words. But um, a third-class if is like, if maybe it's true, Maybe it's not true, which is really important to this passage, okay? If maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. So it'd be like, if it rains tomorrow, then I'm not going to mow the grass, okay? Is it going to rain tomorrow? Maybe. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Okay, that's a third class if in English. If it's going to rain tomorrow, right, okay? So there are also first and second class ifs, which would be like if and is true or if and it's not true, which we'll talk about those later on. Um, And so look at this again. If... Maybe it's true, maybe it's not true. Okay, why is that important for this statement? Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Yeah, maybe you will, maybe you won't. This is saying that believers may or may not okay, be disciples of Jesus. They may or may not follow him, which a lot of people don't believe that, but it says it right here. Okay, and then so if you continue, that word continue, some of your words, some of your uh, translations may say abide. And that's, so that's the, the abide up there is that continue And that word has a, an idea of the Greek word here for continue or abide. Is it, does anybody else have another word for it in there? There's a couple it, there's, translation translate that several different ways. but that, that's the word that means to remain, reside or to stay. So he's saying if you stay, that's why it's like continue continue in my word. If you stay in my word, if you live in my word, if you abide in my word, you're truly disciples of mine. okay? And then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So you are going to be a learner of mine, and if you are a learner of mine, then you will know the truth. Okay, why do we know the truth if we're a learner or a disciple of Jesus? If we're following Jesus, it's in it's back up in verse like twelve. We don't walk in darkness. Yeah, because he's the light, right? Because we're following the light, we know the way, right? Uh, and then the truth will make you free. Okay, well, what is this freedom that we're talking about here? This, this talking about freedom from the power of sin. Okay, as a believer, we're never going to face. Uh, well, we're never going to face the penalty of sin, obviously. Okay, but as believers, uh, we can, we are free from the power of sin. We have to walk in the Spirit. Here, I got a couple, couple verses for you. This one is Romans six seventeen and eighteen. And when you read it, just in this context, I encourage you to go back and like read the full context because uh, sometimes this looks like he's talking about like being saved, but he's actually talking about sanctification here. It says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that from the doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So there is this, for us as believers, we, can, uh, we have the ability now to be set free from that power of sin and rather be slaves to righteousness. Okay, It goes right along with this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the, in the whole Bible. Okay, And it's one of the best sanctification verses in the Bible. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you may or may not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. It says you will not, or shall not. King James Version, I guess. You shall not. Fulfill the lust of the flesh flesh. Okay, so we as believers do not have to obey sin anymore. Okay, which is a which is huge. Okay, it's huge. Um, we we don't have to walk around blinded and with our hands tied behind our back anymore. Okay? we don't have to. Sometimes we choose to, okay, but we don't have to. So Jesus says to the believers, My word sets you free, okay, from sin. My word sets you free from the power of sin, so we don't have to sin. Anymore. All right. Now we're going to look at uh, the penalty of sin. Okay. Um, for lack of better words, maybe. But let's look at verses thirty-three through forty-one. Okay. Because now it says in verse thirty-three, they answered him. Okay. Well, who are the they? Okay. If you're looking at direct context, um, like let's say you just looked at verse thirty-one through thirty-four, you might say it's the believers answered him. Okay, but if you go and you read the whole chapter together, you can see that the they there that answer him are the Pharisees and the scribes. They're the only ones who have been talking, number one. And number two, if you read Jesus' response to them, you know they're not believers. Right? So you know it's not the believers answering him, And so the they there are the only people so far who have talked to Jesus coming back at him. Okay? So this is the uh, Pharisees and scribes. They answered him and said, we are Abraham's descendants. And have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say that we will become free? He's saying, well, first off, was you Stephen talking to them? No. No, he wasn't. Okay? But they say, How how in the world do you say we're gonna be free? We've never been slaves. Okay, they're thinking physical slavery. Which is kind of idiotic, because have they ever been slaves? Yes. 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 They kinda are right? They are right now. They're like a subnation of Rome right now. Okay? They were under the slaves, uh they were slaves. At least the northern part was slaves of Assyria. North and south were slaves of Babylon and Persia. Right? Even before that, they were slaves in Egypt. Okay. So the sons of Abraham have been slaves a lot. Okay. And they're slaves because they broke the covenant that God said that they should keep. But these guys, remember, they're not—they're not ones that think they break anything. Okay. But they're—they're they're not even physically free. But they're saying that they're—they are. Uh, and I think that's a very strong statement of their pride right there. And they're just, how pride is blinding them, you know? Uh, But they go on, okay, they go on. Jesus answered them. Uh, Now Jesus answers them in verse uh, 34. Okay, verse 34, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. Okay, so now he says, I'm not saying you've been a slave of Rome, which you are, essentially. I'm not saying you've been a slave of Egypt, which you are. I'm talking about being a slave of sin. And everyone who commits a sin, is slave to sin. So the question is, who's committed to sin? Everyone. Everyone. So everyone is a slave to sin. That's why Jesus is the one who frees us. He's the only one to free us. Okay. When we believe in Him for eternal life, you can, if you want to say it that way, you can say you're free from the penalty of sin. And then as a believer, you can be free from the power of sin only because of Jesus Christ. Because we are all slaves to sin. Everyone's a slave to sin. And these guys, of course, they don't think they are. But let's keep reading. True truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. So every single person is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is the only way that we can be free from sin. Okay? Both in our, in our sanctification and salvation. He says, I know that you're Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Uh, And therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father, which is the devil. That's what he's insinuating there. Verse 39, They answered him and said to him, Abraham's our father. And Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me. The man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Abraham didn't do that, but you are. You are doing the deeds of your father. Okay? So there's, that's a lot right in there, okay? But Jesus is the one who makes us free, free from the. I didn't share this earlier, but you guys all know this verse. He makes us free, that's his first statement. Uh, and the Son is the one who remains in the house rather than the slave. And the Son of God is the one who makes you free indeed. So I like this verse for like the freedom of the, you know, freedom from perishing, if you will, right? That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Right there is the freedom from perishing. Right? We will no longer perish if we believe in Jesus for eternal life. Correct? So we have that freedom from that perish. Okay? For God so the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and whoever believes in Him will not perish. perish. We have freedom from perishing. Okay? But He will have everlasting life, or eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world, or sorry, but that the world through Him might be saved, which again connects with this whole thing. Okay, John 3. So Jesus in here, he says, hey, look at verse 37. He first says, you know, I can make you free, I'm the Son, the Son's going to make you free. Verse 37, I know you're Abraham's descendant. So I know that you're Abraham's kids, but you seek to kill me. My word has no place in you. You know what he's saying here? He's saying that just because you're a Jew, you're not saved. Okay? Just because you're a descendant of Abraham, that doesn't that doesn't save you. Because whether it's in Old Testament or New Testament or whatever, what saves you? Believing in, Believing in Jesus. for eternal life. Even though they didn't know Jesus' name, they believed in the coming Messiah for eternal life. Right? That's the same past, present. I mean, it's always been the same. Right? And so he says, "Well, you're yeah, you're a son of like you're a descendant of Abraham, but that doesn't make you a believer. That doesn't save you from perishing. Okay, I save you from perishing, not Abraham. Okay, that's what he's saying to him." Okay, and, I, and as you go on, verse 38, I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things that you heard from your father. And they said to him, Abraham is our father. So he's like, you do the things of your father. And I said, yeah, we do. We do the things of Abraham. That's what they're saying. We do the things of Abraham. And we all know Abraham was saved. He was not only saved, he was also called a friend of God in Isaiah. And we do, his, his, we do what he does. But then what does Jesus say? If you were Abraham's children, you would do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you are seeking to kill me, the man who has told you the truth, which I have heard from God. This Abraham did not do. He's saying, you're not doing what Abraham did. Okay, What's the difference in them and Abraham? Well, Abraham believed in the seed. Abraham believed in the seed, right? Yeah. What do they do? They're trying to kill the seed. So he, Abraham believes in the seed. They're trying to kill the seed. So are they, are they doing what Abraham did? No, they're not. They're saying they are. They're trying to say they are, and what are they talking about? You, most likely. Good word. They're talking about the law, probably, which came from Moses, not Abraham. But they're probably talking about, hey, we're doing, look at this, all this, the law that we're following. We're part of Abraham's family. We do what Abraham does. Well, no, you don't. You're trying to kill the guy that Abraham believed in. So obviously, you're not doing what Abraham was doing. And so they are blinded um, by their pride and their lies, I think, and that's what we see next. is the pride and the lies. In verse 41b all the way through 47. 41b, when uh, it says they said, it says they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Well, you just said Abraham was their father, but now they have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come of my own initiative, but He sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear My Word. You are of your Father, and now He actually says who that Father is for the first time, the devil. And you want to do the desires of your Father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in Him. Whenever He speaks... A lie he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one convinces you, or sorry, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the word of God. For this reason, you do not hear them, because you are not of God. Okay, so now in verse, if you go all the way back up to verse 41d, okay, they allude, okay, they, they think, by the way, which we've already talked about a little bit, but they think Jesus is born in fornication. Okay, they think that uh, Mary uh, and some other random guy conceived to give birth to Jesus, okay, because they heard, or that rumor was going around because of, you know, the virgin birth, right, which he wasn't. But they allude to this, they say, hey, At least we're not born of fornication like you are. You're saying you're from God. You're so holy. Well, you're born in sin. At least we're not born in sin. I mean, that's kind of what they're doing here. They're trying to get them to say, you're born of sin and we're not. Uh, Which isn't true. okay? But that's what they're trying to say here. And they've tried to use this on Jesus several times. okay? And they'll use it again. Uh, But basically they're saying, we're better than you are. So how are you going to tell us how to be righteous or holy or whatever? How are you going to tell us how to be saved? Because we're better than you are. Okay? We're better than you are. Okay? And then Jesus argues back. Okay? He said, if you, if God were your father, because they just said we have one father, God. But he says, if you, or sorry, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceed forth and I've come from God. I've not even come on my own initiative. He sent me. And this is a strong statement. Okay? It's a strong statement because there are a lot of people who think that you can reject Jesus and accept God. Okay? Those who reject Jesus, reject God. Okay, those who reject Jesus, reject God. And there are a lot of false religions out there that say, well, Jesus is not God, but we do believe in God. We believe in the Bible. We believe in this. We believe in that. But we don't believe in Jesus. Well, if you reject Jesus, you reject God because God sent Jesus and Jesus only did what God said. And Jesus is God, right? And so if you reject Jesus, you reject God. And that's an important truth that we need to remember. And I know all you guys know that. Uh, but there's a lot of people out there that try and say otherwise. They say, hey, you know, we can reject Jesus and <coughs> accept God. But it's just not true. It's just not true. They're from Satan. They're from the devil, their father. Look at verse 43. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? So he asks kind of a, a rhetorical question, then he answers it. It is because you cannot hear my word. Okay? Could they audibly hear his word? Yes. Yes, they could. So why could they not hear his word? It's because they were blinded. And we'll look at that in verse 44. You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth, for there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Okay? When you think of the devil, what two big sins do you usually think of? Lying's one of them. is one of them. And the other one I think of is pride. Because at the very beginning, why did Satan fall? Or as far as we can tell, in, from Isaiah, so "Why did Satan fall? Pride. Pride. And the reason that they cannot hear is not because God has elected some people to be saved and some people not to be saved. The reason they cannot hear is because they are believing lies and they are prideful, and that blinds us to the truth. Okay? They cannot hear because they rejected. They are re- actively. they're rejecting at this point actively by accepting the lies of the devil and being prideful. okay They think they are better than Jesus okay we're not born of fornication. we' are of God. what we do is righteous. We are right. They're believing the lies of the devil and they're prideful in it and they're not humble enough to even even consider what Jesus is saying. Like they're not even humble enough to consider it. look at it, look at what he goes on to say. Because, and this is verse 45, it says, Because or sorry, but because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Because I'm speaking the truth, you don't believe me, because all you're believing is lies. You're completely blinded to the truth. Okay? Which one of you convicts me of sin? Okay? Jesus says, hey, if you think I'm a sinner, prove it. it okay? Prove it. Prove that I'm a sinner. Do it. Tell me. One of you, show me who how how have I sinned? Okay, can they do it? No. no. Yet, even after that statement, they still reject Him because they're too prideful. They're not even willing to consider what He's saying. They're not even willing to, to think about it. Now this again, this isn't every single Pharisee. This is them as a whole, right? We know that Nicodemus is already considering if not saved already. Okay? And there are others and there are many more who will. And there are many priests and, and things that will. But as a whole, right at the moment, they're so blinded by the lies of the world, by the lies of the devil, and by their own pride, that they're not not even willing to consider that Jesus is who He says He is. And He says, prove it. Prove that I'm a liar. Prove that I am not who I say I am. And they can't do it. If I speak the truth, why do you not believe Me? He who is of God, this is verse 47, he who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them because you are not of God. Okay, You are not of God. Well, how do you be of God? Believing in Him, right, and that takes humility, right? Essentially, I mean, essentially, if you want to be of of God, if you're willing to sit down, and you're willing to actually analyze and look at the truth, that's humility, right? I'm not saying we're always, always humble if you're a person of God, but I'm saying, like these guys, the reason that they are not of God is because they're not even willing to look at the truth. Okay, they're not even willing to look at it, and that's how a lot of people around us probably are, and. That's how we are, even as believers sometimes, going back to um, freedom from the power of sin, going back up there to the... What verse was that? can't even remember. Verse 31, If you continue in my word, then you truly my disciples, or disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay, So even as believers, we can, for lack of better terms, bind ourselves to sin. Right? Like I do it. I bind myself to sin. It's like, I have freedom over sin. All I have to do is walk in the Spirit and I won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Yet I, bind my, I chain myself to sin because I like it. All right, it's like when Paul in, in Romans 7, he's like, the things I, I want to do, I don't do, and I hate the things I do. And Talking about that struggle of the flesh and the Spirit. We do not have to be slave to sin. But usually we are slave to sin because we are prideful or we're believing lies. <laughs> And okay, we're either prideful or uh, believing lies. Okay, I think I have some questions up here, a bunch of them. Look at all these questions for you guys. Okay, most of them all go back to the same thing though. yeah. Hey, does pride affect our freedom? And you guys don't have to answer these; just think about it. Does pride affect our freedom at all? If so, how so? Do lies affect our freedom? Okay, and then if so, why? And if not, why not? And with that question, you might even say. Might even change that because maybe the lies don't affect it, but maybe giving in to lies affects our freedom. Okay? Does pride affect our relationship with God? Okay, not our fellowship, our relationship. Do do lies affect our relationship with God? Does pride affect our fellowship with God? Do lies affect our fellowship with God? Okay? So, let's go through these a little bit. Okay, first. Does pride affect our? Do pride and giving in to lies? Let's say that. Do they affect our freedom over the power of sin? Why? That's exactly right. Okay, because how do you have power over sin in your life right now? By following, the truth. By following the truth, by walking in the light, by abiding in the word. Okay, that's what Jesus said. You got to walk in the light. You got to abide in the word. Okay? If you want to be My disciple, if you want to have power over sin, if you want to live the right way, you follow Me. You do what I do. You look at My Word and you stay in My Word. You live in My Word so much so that you're going to be doing what's right. That is how you have freedom. Okay, So if I allow my pride or allow the lies of the world to affect me in a way where I'm not walking in the light and I'm not abiding in the Word, then that's going to affect me. It's going to affect my freedom. I'm going to sin. Okay. Does pride or do pride or lies affect our relationship with God as a child of God? No no I, I believe in Jesus for eternal life. I believe in Jesus for eternal life and then I get prideful and I start saying, you know I don't, I don't really maybe not this bluntly, but I don't really need to follow Jesus. I can kind of do my own thing. okay Does that affect my standing before God? Am I still a child of God? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I might be getting disciplined a lot more because of it. So these things don't affect our relationship, like as a kid of God. But does it affect our fellowship? Yes. Absolutely. All right. It affects your fellowship with God. You want to be close with God. You want to draw near to God. It's going to affect it if you're believing lies and if you're prideful. Okay. And we all do it. Yeah. I get prideful. I believe in the lies. I let those things affect me, and it causes me to sin. Okay. So the two questions for you today. How can you overcome pride? And how can you not listen to lies? And maybe pick one or the other. We all struggle probably with both of these, but probably some of us struggle with one more than the other. Um, And these two things are both very hard to see in our own life. Okay, it's very hard for you to see pride in your own life, which is a good idea, which makes it a good idea to ask some of your really close friends or your parents, like how have I been prideful lately? Okay, and... Listening to lies is very hard to see in your own life too because there are so many lies out there that you can take a whole section of lies and say, look, I don't listen to these lies. Like you could say, I'm really good at not listening to lies. I always know that it's faith alone and Christ alone. I know where I stand on that and the world will not affect me on that. But is that the only lie out there? No. And so maybe there's a whole other group of lies that you struggle with. You're like, you know, whatever it is. Maybe it's that like God's not sovereign, or He's not loving, or maybe it's that the that the word of God is actually something that you can continue in and can help you not sin. There's a lot of people who struggle with that. They think that there's no hope. It's like I can't not sin. Like the word, even if I, even if I'm abiding in Christ, even if I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm still going to sin. There's a lot of people, that, and that's a lie, right? We just we just looked at Scripture; it went against that. Okay? And so, make sure that when you're thinking about these lies, you you think about as many of them as you can, or all of them, if you can. Don't just say, oh yeah, like I'm really good at knowing that God loves me, so I'm not believing any lies. Like, well, there's a lot more lies than that, right? And the devil is prowling around like a lion, seeking whom he can devour, and he's a crafty little guy, or big guy, I don't know. He's a crafty angel, right? And an evil one and so he wants to make us fall and so he's not just going to make it easy for us to deny the lies and make it easier for us to not be prideful okay so i think i have one more side the final impact know jesus because his word set us free and be humble in accepting what he says okay know jesus his word set us free okay and be humble to accept the words that he gives okay because if we're not we can we can Let's look at his word and whatever and all that. But if we're too prideful to say that, yeah, I am a sinner and I can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of Jesus, and Jesus is right and I need to do what I find in here, if we're not humble enough to do that, and we're not humble enough to even see our own sin, when we compare it to, you know, if we're not even humble enough to compare ourselves to Scripture, like, that's not going to help us be free, right? Like, we have to be humble enough to say, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not always abiding in His Word, and I'm not, not always truly His disciple. You know, and I'm not always looking at the truth in the right way. And and that's two verses, right? And go throughout the whole Scripture. We can say, you know, there's a lot of things that I can work on. And if we're not doing that, then we're not going to be free in the way that we could be, right? We're not going to be free from that power of sin in the way that we could be. So let's work on it this week. Know Jesus, okay, by abiding in His Word, okay, and think about that. You guys, don't raise your hand. But how many of you have a, a time where you get in the word every day? Right? How many of you get in the Bible every single day? And then think about how much time you spend in the Word. And that can include memorizing, meditating, and all that stuff. But think about how much time you spend in the Word. And think if someone was to look at that, would they describe you as like you're remaining there? Like that's where your your home is in the Word of God. And we're not thinking physical, okay? i thinking physical or not your house made out of Bibles. We're thinking about your mental home, if you will, right? Where are you like spending your time mentally? Are you at home in the Word of God? So much so that people would say, man, he or her spends so much time in the Word, that's their home. That's where they live is in the Word of God. Okay, Because that's what He's calling us to do here. Um, so know His words, but then also be humble enough to accept them. Okay, Be humble enough to accept them because we're all sinners and we all need help and we all got a long way to go, Right? All right, let's pray. Thanks for joining us for True to the Bible podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this lesson. If you have any questions about this lesson or any of the other True to the Bible podcasts, don't hesitate to contact us at hunter.davis at stillwaterbible.org. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope that you join us for our next lesson.